Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, so you know what day it is. It is time for us. Nothing personal. It's just Bill's host. I am your host, JTM. As you can tell, I'm a little bit under the weather tonight, but um, you know, I'm, I'm still here. Still here. We're gonna um have a good show. Let's see who we got in the locker room tonight. Got my man EJ Daniels. Yes, sir. Trey hate. Trey oh, hate. Do Any Trey hate today, man? No, you he played <laughs> a very solid game. <laughs> He didn't lock Terry up, but Terry, like y'all said, he didn't make an impact. And I will give Trey White a tick on that one. He okay. did what he's supposed to do. All right, got my man NFL Pedigree. You like to call him James Mallory, former NFL front and back. What's going on, James? What's up? What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me again. Let's get it. All right, and uh, last but not least, I got the nice guy of the group, Evan Zinger, nice guy you ever meet. But we're gonna bring we're gonna bring some anger out of him today. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna really try. I absolutely love how you fully like enunciate my last name. I think you're the only person I've seen do that. Say Zinger. What is it? No, no, no. It, it is zinger, but it, but people are like zinger, but you're like zinger. Yeah, I like the yeah. zinger. <laughs> you know, zinger. You know, back in the, back in the day, I was a kid. I used to watch the show Zorro, the Z. You know, I man. I think we we were making some merchandise for you, but like a Z, like the Zorro thing. <laughs> so, guys, the Bills obviously they beat up on Washington. They were still really angry, I think, from the week one loss. And as we talked about, they did what good teams do. Good team, and that's what I want to make. I want to make sure people are understanding of this. When good teams lose games, they feel like they shouldn't have lost. They don't. They're just not upset just for the next game. They're usually upset for the next couple, and I feel bad for Houston coming up this week as well. But we're gonna break down just a little bit. Of that we're not gonna stay too long. We got a couple of topics, and I do want to talk about um, Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame this week because if you guys remember. They released a list this week about potential bills going to the Hall of Fame. Ruben Brown, Cornelius Bennett, some of the other names were on there. Evan, I know we were talking about that in the chat, so I want to talk to you on that today. I also want to talk to you on um, Coach Sean McDermott was not very happy necessarily with the defensive line. I think it got a couple of scratching our heads. Now, James, in the past weeks, you've been right on the money with um, saying who was going to be deactivated. So I'm going to get your take on that. But, uh, and, and and don't forget, we still got at the 20 minutes in the mark, we're gonna have the everybody's favorite segment, bad takes. And I got I got we got we got a couple of good ones today, you know. It's not bad if you're not, if not familiar with bad takes, is where I go around, look on the bills pages, I go to different pages, and I find the absolutely worst takes from fans that I can find. And we put them on the show. We don't put any names though. We don't put any names out there. I want you guys to bully them. Bill's mafia is a powerful thing. So let's see who's in the chat today. Uh, James Bilek, what's going on? Nadine, nice to see you. Our guy, Mud Dog, who? Cody Wells, always in the, always with us. A guy, Mike Back, Backbone on YouTube. Tasker, uh, the well-deserved Nadine, what are we going to see? You may not agree with OJT's pending tonight, but that's okay. Still love you anyway. And my man, James Bilek, hat is fire. I appreciate it, my guy. I appreciate it. Facebook is a hell of a thing when they uh, let you uh, when they pop when when they read your mind and pop stuff up that you want to buy somehow. Watch, <laughs> but so, guys, this game Buffalo beat up on Washington. I think we all said that. Well, me and EJ and James on the show last week we said they were going to beat them up pretty good, and they did. So, James, we'll get your take on the running game. Since you know that's your that's your thing, man. I love love what I seen out of the running game. They mixed it up perfect. Uh, I know people have been a little tough on Dable about uh, him not running the ball enough and, you know, not being creative enough in the run game. I think he played to our, our running back strengths on Sunday, and um, they both had some success. I mean, I think Zach Moss obviously had the better day, but, I mean, if both of those guys can be a weapon like they were on Saturday – or Saturday, excuse me, on Sunday, oh, man, that's that, that creates a dangerous offense. I mean, look at how the passing game flourished. There's no – accident the passing game really took off when the running game was successful they work hand to hand so man i just love the way the running backs are taking with what the defense is giving them taking three yards when it's there five yards is a lot different when you call in to play second and ten or second and seven that's a big difference people may not look at three yard runs like that it's a big do a big deal on the offense so man i love the run game i give it a b plus a minus all right, all right. Well, let me ask you a question. Why you why we got you here? Because a lot of people keep saying Singletary has a good game and it's Singletary's RB1. Then Moss has a game and they're like, Zach Moss is RB1. Is there really an RB1 regardless? I mean, I mean, you're running back. You, you can tell about that room. Is there really an RB1? Yeah, to me, yeah. 
I think it's, it's clearly Singletary. Um, you know, I mean, just look at uh, even with Dallas, uh, you look at they got a two man combo. Um, even though, you know, Ezekiel Elliott may not have, you know, the best game sometimes, but he's clearly running back number one. You know, even though he may not have the most yards every single game, he's RB1. And for me, Devin Singletary is RB1. So I think that's that's how you got to play it. And then Zach Moss compliments him. You bring him in to kind of piggyback and if he's a hot hand that day, you roll with it. But Singletary's your guy. Well, I mean, you know, back to the uh, Zeke, you know, one running back makes 500K, one running back's like 90 million. <laughs> that, that helps, off. That helps you choose an RB1 yeah, too. True, but I don't think they would hesitate to, to, to roll with somebody else if he's just that much better, to be honest. Right. Unless you're just the Bears and you like to sit some quarterback on a bitch is making like 15 million and deactivate him every week. But who knows? I mean, that's your guy, Matt Nagy, over there doing stuff like that. Uh, EJ. Well, oh, that's my, oh, that's my, oh, that's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy. No, what do you think of the offense, man? What you want to touch on? What part of the offense do you want to touch on? This was the first game. I was saying when I was watching the game back, this was the first game where the Buffalo actually had some balance and legitimate balance, not just a run here or run there or let's run it efficiently and none of that garbage. They actually ran the ball. They had 30 rush attempts, 17 zone, seven gap and a couple other one other type of runs but that's what I want to see from the Bills and then as Jane mentioned then you seen how much better how much more smooth that the passing game looked these chunk plays that they're constantly getting there was not a thing that Washington could do with the Buffalo offense and for all intensive purposes Washington is supposed to be one of the better defenses in the NFL and therefore when you get when you achieve this type of balance you can see with the defense playing the way it is, you see that Buffalo can literally be unstoppable on both sides of the ball. And if they put together performances like this against the better teams consistently, we could be talking about Buffalo legitimately going to the Super Bowl this year. Well, you know, Evan, I'm going to get your take on that. But, you you know, Washington defense is not as good as people think. They have good players, but they're young. The, the the defensive line is probably top three, but I would agree. The back end and then the linebackers, yeah. they are tracked. I don't understand where this best defense in the NFL comes from, but they do have a good unit, but, like, it's not the best in the NFL. Though. They have a good coaching staff, too. Yeah. Yes. They, they jump in the gun on them a little bit. Jump in the gun on them a little bit. They, like, the, the talent is there, but Jamin Davis is not ready yet, obviously. You know, William Jackson is still up and down. Mm-hmm. Kendall Fuller, I, I love Fuller. I'm not gonna lie. And you still need to find that play, that playmaking safety. Landon Collins is solid, but you still need that guy who can make, who can make you think twice about throwing in that zone. So, Evan, what do you want to touch on? What, what do you got, man? Oh, hi. How's it going? Um, <laughs> uh, well, the one thing about uh, saying like, oh, wa- we're not sure if Washington has a good defense or not. It's so interesting having uh, an offense that's so much on one end of the spectrum by terms of it being good. Is that when you're this early into the season, like Washington's defense might actually be really good, but the fact is the Bills' offense is so good that it's it makes everyone's look terrible by comparison. So, and defense is so like by terms of play to play every week, it's a lot more it has a lot more variance than offense, I would say. So, maybe Washington still does have a really good defense, and we're just getting a little uh, misguided by a couple games. Uh, definitely wasn't uh, this week, though. I'll say that much. Uh, nah, I mean it wasn't. They got they got a forty piece McNugget put on them. I uh, um, <laughs> on the Friday night forecast last week uh, when we were making predictions. Uh, I guess that uh, they were actually, or I think the the line was like forty four and a half or something like that. And I I hit. I said I think it'll barely go under. I think it'll be like forty four. And then it turns out that like the Bills end up getting forty three just by themselves. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I mean, we should expect this. I mean, like I said, this this, as much capital we have invested in our receiving core specifically, and now our quarterback, we should expect 31 points a game. Absolutely. There's absolutely there's no reason why they shouldn't be scraping teams like this every week. I'm not saying that they're just so much better on offense than most teams where they should be killing people like this. I don't know what in the world that was week one. They were smelling themselves, and then Pittsburgh brought them back to life. 
But it, it was hype. It was yeah. That, see, I'm, I'm you, glad that they got the little trap game out the way. You said it, Jeremy. That was their trap game. That was the trap game. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's game. not Houston. It's not Houston. Because I, I know Mud Dog was saying there, hey, this is a trap game. I said, no, nah, we won't the trap game. Houston gonna yeah. get stomped. I I, I would agree 100, percent man. Houston better. David they better Cully, get a good night's sleep. The rest. <laughs> good David night's Cully, sleep. Welcome to being a head coach at NFL this week. If you haven't got a wake up call yet, you're gonna get it. I feel bad for him. I like David Cully and those guys over there. But Buffalo's gonna smack them around. They're still angry. They're gonna stay angry until they play Kansas City Chiefs. They they should employ the same game plan they did against Washington. They need to play this that same game plan. 30 rushing attempts. I need to see that against Kansas City because Kansas City defense is sorry right now. Yes, they give up the most yards in the NFL right now, but I want to see them beat Kansas City into a pulp. And they got a bunch of tape that they can go back and look to see. So I, I need that. I need to see that against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's the thing. Kansas City is, and we talked about this pre the, before the season began. Kansas City is sitting at one and two right now, one and two, and they have some continuity issues. You got a lot of new faces and familiar places over there, and ain't looking too good. Like I said, it, it's one thing to try to upgrade, and we were and we were having this this argument off air about Tremaine Edmonds specifically, um, about sometimes you pay for that consistency and that continuity, and we've seen Kansas City consistently consistently make try to make upgrades, and I'm I, I'm all for being aggressive now. I'm not going to say don't be aggressive because I don't think you settle, but some of the moves they've made is bringing in Joe Tooney that was expensive, bringing Orlando Brown that was expensive. Switching D4 for Frank Clark, who you knew Frank Clark had character issues before you brought him in. Now that was expensive. He's not even playing. You know what I mean? It's a lot of stuff that they did, and it's questionable. And I don't want to see Buffalo make too many aggressive moves. I think there's a time and a place. Unless you're just going to the Bucs did. And the Bucs is totally different because you got Brady, and you just brought everybody in that you could. That's different. Yeah. But in Kansas City's defense, to to bring this back to Buffalo, they went aggressive at positions that matter. Just I understand about continuity. Like I told you, if you're going to pay for continuity, I'm going to get behind that because it matters at this level. And you listen to players and coaches, they always talk about how continuity matters. You look, just look at the Saints. They always talk about continuity matters. But they went after high-level, high-value positions on the O-line after Patrick Mahomes got beat to a bloody pope in the Super Bowl. And so you had no choice but to do that. And it's your O-line. If you're going to go aggressive, that would be the spot to go aggressive at. No, I get it. But if it doesn't work, then you just spent a whole lot of money and you just screwed your cap for the next four or five years. Because that has, that, that has that's a problem. There's going to be a problem at some point. But I don't know, James, what's your thoughts on that, man? What are your thoughts on kind of Kansas City? Because we got them coming up in a couple of weeks here. Um, compared to the moves that they've made compared to the Bills move? Because, I mean, obviously they have been the standard. Yeah, see, I'm not a, a fan of going out and signing a bunch of free agents. <clears throat> um, I mean, I think they probably felt they needed to, especially on the offensive line after getting beat up in the Super Bowl. So, you know, obviously they had a few injuries, so they wanted to move on from those, from those tackles. Uh, so, I mean, they kind of had to. Uh, but I kind of – you can get away with maybe a rookie or two on the offensive line, if you draft one early enough that you think is is ready. I mean, that's a position where you've seen guards be able to come in and play right away. Maybe you can get away with a right tackle being able to play as a rookie. Um, teams have got away, gotten away with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, sometimes when you do that, it takes time to gel. And I think Kansas City is kind of going through that right now. So we'll see how, how they kind of respond to it. I mean, I think they'll be fine. I think people overreacting a little bit. They're going to just say they going to whoop somebody this week. Everybody's going to forget that, you know, they wanted to right now. So I think they're they hyping it up a little bit. Anything on KC, Um, Well, one of the things I've noticed when I was, I'm watching, like, Mahomes' uh, film over again is that he's just basically uh, – <laughs> I remember there was that uh, phrase that – sort of went around on Bill's Twitter a lot. I can't remember what personality said it, but uh, arm arrogance, I know, was thrown around mm-hmm. a lot. And there's some plays... Benjamin Slowak said that last summer about Josh Allen. He got a yes. lot of arm arrogance. Yeah, and I'm watching Mahomes' film, and I'm like, this is exactly what it is. He's mm-hmm. been able to 
And I mean, in past years, he's been able to, you know, try these crazy throws because F it on Patrick Mahomes. I can make those throws. Um, and he's doing the same thing this year, but this year he's just been getting, you know, a lot more, I don't even want to say unlucky because he sort of brings his own unluckiness. I don't know that it was, doesn't really make much sense, but like, for example, like on the, um, I'm sure uh, a play that a lot of us have seen is the one where uh, he's uh, looking to the right side, throws across, across his body into the middle of the field uh, and then deflects off the receiver gets picked off um you know people i think are overreacting to that play in particular because they're saying like oh there's no reason for him to uh you know do a no look pass like that but you know it's his eye movement that that probably caused him to be that wide open but there's some plays where it's like okay he's that open now just turn and throw it you don't need to continue to be uh you know patrick mahomes just be a normal quarterback for one second and maybe you don't throw an interception yeah no nah, i mean you know like i said my man ray cruz check in he said that the podcast got caught by the trap talk looking at beyond houston no i don't even i don't even think it's i don't even think it's a, a trap game i just think that this is a game that the bill should win um and i and i i think that they that they will come out and i think they'll dominate houston as well and then the real test begins because you're gonna have casey mm-hmm. going up you're gonna have tampa we already dropped one if we didn't drop that first one the Steelers, i may say this houston game would be a trap game well, to be honest with you, JT, for this game, the one thing that kind of I'm going to say it worries me, the one thing I think about is Houston potential in the run game. Um, I don't think they're going to beat us. No, I'm not saying that. I think we are going to come out. I think we're going to come out motivated. I think we're going we're gonna to whoop them. But they can hang around with the run game if we're not on our A game on defense. The defense has shown that they, they ballers, they, they play extremely well. Mm-hmm. Playing like a top five defense right now, maybe top three. But, I mean, these guys got some running backs. They get out there and they get some, have some success running the ball. At the end of the day, let's not forget it's the NFL. They can't hang around. Um, that's why we got to come out and we got to put them to bed real early, get them behind and make them have to throw the ball. Otherwise, if we don't execute, Man, them dudes can run the ball, man, and they can they can kind of hang around a little bit. Yeah, they got a lot of like savvy vets on their team, and so just like James said, they can just definitely hang around. So you definitely <clears throat> need to crush their spirits very, very early. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson barely gets any run, but you know I don't I don't view this as a trap game because they suffered a lot of injuries, you know, and then yeah. they suffered an injury at quarterback, the most valuable position in all of sports. Davis Mills looked like a deer in headlights on Thursday night last night. Yeah. Could barely get any completions. He did get him in the end zone for a touchdown, but, but he looked bad. I like Carolina, huh? He looked bad. Yeah, he looked awful. Like Carolina's defense is good and is number one statistically, but I feel Buffalo's defense is better than uh, Carolina's defense at this moment in time. And I, I, I gotta agree with that. Like I said, I, I got Buffalo. Whatever the spread's gonna be, I'll double it. I don't know. What that <laughs> I mean, the spread. The, I think the spread is what seventeen this week. Yeah, something I'll like take that. thirty. You can give me thirty, and I, and I, I don't mean that in any, dis, any disrespect to Houston, but we need we need to get back to that mind state that we had in the early nineties. And I, I don't like looking back to the nineties and stuff like that. I like to keep both teams separate. But that mindset back in the nineties was it didn't matter who was on the field. We was gonna come out and we was gonna beat the holy hell out of them by thirty. It didn't matter because that's what the K-Gun did. That's what the Palace of Points is about. And, yeah, we need to get, like you said, we need to get back to that. There's no reason to think that Buffalo can't come out and put 35 points or 40 points on this board almost every single week depending on the defense that you're playing. And I look across that field of Houston's defense, and, yeah, we should be putting 40 points on them this week, I believe. Too 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 much time invested, too many weapons. So, Absolutely. We'll see. Uh, so, you know, Jake Nation asked a good question. Would anybody be worried if Tyrod was playing? Yep. It, I wouldn't be worried. I still think Buffalo win, but it'd be a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> if if Tyra was playing, I wouldn't be saying third by thirty mm-hmm. because you have a veteran to control the ball, control the clock, grind it out. You know, we've seen Tyra do that here in Buffalo for years, for a couple of years here. So yeah, if Tyra was playing, yeah, I, I would I would say a difference. I would say yeah, I would be. I wouldn't be worried. I still think this game Buffalo win, but I think the time of possession will be a little bit different. Buffalo's going to win this game on talent alone, period. They're going to win it on ta- off talent alone. But to for to his question, Tyrod, like you said, he would definitely be able to manage the game better. Right. Manage it way better. 
make right. the throws that need to be made. Not going to push it down the field. Not going to be flustered by the rush. All these things that we tend to overlook as fans, but that actually matter in a game, in a tightly contested game. He's not going to He's not gonna lose the game for him. Davis Mills is going to most certainly lose the game for them. Tyrod will not lose you the game. Never has. But uh, let's see. Next topic we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to go to uh, we're going we're gonna to say the task one for last. We're going to go to the who's shuffling the D line this week. So obviously, you guys heard Sean McDermott made some kind of comments this week. He was not too happy. It seemed like with the off the defensive line play. Now, obviously, this week it was Harrison Phillips and FA Obata, along with Carlos Basham's time to be inactive again. And with his comments, I think that <laughs> it may be somebody else's turns this week. So, James, I'm going to come to you first. A couple weeks ago, you were right on the money when you said F.A. Obata would be deactivated and Harrison Phillips. So, are, are we switching gears now? So, it's a little trickier for me. <laughs> what I'm going to say is I think they're going to roll with the same exact unit this week mm-hmm. to see what happens. If not, um, it, it's, it's going to be some shuffling involved. I just don't think Harrison uh, – I think it may be Harrison Phillips to be up this week, but no, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the side of no. I don't think this is a Harrison Phillips game. I don't think he's playing very well. I think he's more of a depth guy. He's there for if somebody gets hurt. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be active too much more the rest of the season. Harrison's um, last year in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I think this is farewell tour. He's there just in case somebody gets hurt. I mean, he's more than serviceable. So I think he, that's what he's there for. I think is he's gone. Um, I thought about um, Vernon Butler, but I think they kind of they like his presence. If they stink it up, it'll be a swap for Vernon Butler and uh, Harrison Phillips next week. Yeah, I, I, I ain't got no comments on Vernon Butler, man. I ain't got no comment. All I, I will say this though: on one move in that game, man, Mario Addison tried to hit a spin move, and he looked every bit of thirty-four years old. And I think it was Shreve for somebody just came over and just like threw him down to the ground. I mean, he felt like an old dude. <laughs> he fit, he fit, he, I don't know if you guys saw that, man. He, yeah. he tried to hit the spin move, and he just came and got wiped out. And I was like, oh, Mario. Right. I mean, the lineman didn't even fall on him. I have never seen Mario Addison, though, do a spin move in the game, though. Like, Me? like all this there's a tape I've watched him, I've never seen him do a spin, though. I saw that game. That game? It did it well. Well. <laughs> well, speaking of farewell tours, Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes, they just the, the young boys took that over. They they right. their playing time at the end of the I year. I called that I called that there before the season. I said they should just let the young boys figure it out. That's exactly no, what that, they that, do. That would have been a big time failure. You you don't do that. You don't you especially you got two veterans there that can play, you kinda of ease them into it. You ease them into that role. They didn't ease um, they didn't ease Russo. They didn't ease Russo in there. They was Throwing him in coverage since well, the first well, game. Well, well, that, well, that, well, that was because he did so well in the preseason. Then no, he, said, he okay. did, yes, he 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 earned it though. He yeah. definitely earned he it. He earned it, and then he played in the season. And a lot of times you see people, rookies do good in the preseason. You're like, okay, they ain't doing so great. And they're they're doing good. Then the season hits, and it's like the lights is on. They don't look as well. No, nah, this dude, he's still bringing it. But the only thing I don't like is I don't like not seeing AJ Epinesa start. I think the dude has earned the starting role week in and week out. Um, his snap count was kind of down a little bit this week. I thought too. He was actually lower than Jerry Hughes for snap percentage. I think Epinesa was like 21% or something like that. I don't like seeing that. I think, I think we're we going to get to the points. Yeah, and Jerry had 32 snaps. Where they'll, they'll be playing, the, the veterans probably be playing 25% of the snaps when we get to week 13, 14, 15. I, just, I, I love Jerry Hughes, man. He, he He's my guy. But it's in the line, man. It's in the line. Mm. As boys have been saying, end of the road, man. Hey, Brian Hughes says, uh, I know the Bills won this week, but I'm worried about Cody Ford at right guard. I know Evan wants to touch on this one bad. He's itching over there. It seemed like every play Josh had the relax in the play is because his guy was in the pocket. Yeah, I, I do. I noticed, I noticed that, too. I was going to ask y'all about yeah. that in the last segment. Like, how did y'all think about – how did y'all feel about Josh having to, like, extend the plays, like – Probably like fifty percent of that first half because Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen was tearing those guards apart. Well, <laughs> I, I Evan taking this one. Yeah, Let Evan I, take I swear it was like every play. It seemed like he had to like duck that left shoulder down, step up, 
or and then like roll to his right and still a, a little bit. Uh, I think it came out that I think it was 12 pressures on 48 pass blocking snaps, something just ridiculously ludicrous like that. And especially at a guard position, you just can't have that. Because, uh, you know, if you're a tackle, guys come around you, uh, you tend to get more pressures that way. But if you're just getting like bull rush back into the guy, like, no, you, it's not something that you can see at, uh, at guard. And as good as Allen is rolling to his right, it's still not good mechanically, and you're going to eventually get those throws that might go a little bit over or get a little underthrown. So um, you have to be in a good situation where Allen can step up nice and cleanly into the pocket, deliver, and yeah, that's all there is to it. I'm, I agree. I'm totally out on Ford right now. The only problem is, is that we don't really have anyone else to put in there unless you want to give uh, Butker a, a shot. Again. So you're saying Spencer Brown should start. That's what you're saying. No, where you, where you gonna no, put no, 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 no. Where you gonna put him at guard? That's what that's what it's it sounds like. Tall. He's no, too tall Spencer to play Brown, guard. Spencer Brown is is too big to play guard. I think. Well, that's, the other, that's the only alternative. Well, it's not alternative. He's like six eight. That ball's gonna hit him in the head. What's the Jack. other alternative then? Tell me what the yeah. other alternative is. Ask why I tell her to come back. That's that's what. <laughs> that's a problem. There there isn't a good a good alternative right there, now. Right? There, there, there is. You have to. It's just the, Butker or the, the alternative was Forrest Lamp, and that didn't end well. So yeah. that was your alternative. But hey, we're twenty minutes in, so you guys, everybody knows what time that is. That means if you've been watching the show for the last couple of weeks, twenty minutes in means that it is time for bad takes. So we got three great bad takes of the week this week. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Bills fans always keep it interesting. Actually, I think we have a comment from a fan that's not a Bills fan this week. I'm pretty sure he's not. But like I said, we don't do names because Bills Mafia is a powerful force and you guys will attack people. And I don't want you guys to attack people and put anybody through burning tables. So bad take number one this week. They did not play anyone. Let them play Brady and see how good they are. You know what? That's at it. That's actually not that bad. That's not a, a bad take. take, though. No, that's not that's that bad. A take, but we won. Shut up. I would be like, well, it was just mistimed. It was just mistimed. Let us live. Yeah, I'd know? say it, like it, it would make sense if uh, I think it would actually be a reasonable take if they won each game by like a touchdown or something. Right. But and we have and we have Brady out. on the schedule coming up. Yeah. Right. Like, leave it alone. All right, bad take number two. He had, and this is in reference to Josh Allen, and he had one good game. He has had two crappy with three Ps. I've never seen crappy with three Ps, but we have now PPP <laughs> personal loan. He has had two crappy games. Let's see if he can string a few games together before saying he's back. Okay. You I wouldn't go he had a two. Yeah, he would have two crappy games. He... Had a crappy half against Miami and right. played better as the game progressed, and then he snapped against Washington. So I wouldn't go that. I mean, that's not a bad. That's not a good take. No, hey, come on, dude. Like, give him, give him, leave him alone. Leave him alone. All right, and then the final take. Drum roll, please, James. This is a long one. Get ready. <laughs> bad take number three. Laughing my ass off. Best teams in the AFC right now are the Raiders and Broncos. The Bills blanks lost to a very confused Steelers who couldn't even beat a high school squad right now. They beat up the practice squads of Miami and Washington. Allen is back to his flip-flopping self. Doesn't know rather to throw for 500 yards or 400 or 150. Buffalo only has a good game lead over Miami and New England at this point. Pats has some issues on the line and red zone to fix. But we'll be right back at it. And Miami is silverated like like has been said since the offseason. Okay. So I'm assuming this person is a Patriot fan. I'm gonna assume. Where do we start on that one? Okay, I, I guess we, we, we probably <laughs> we, we probably have to start with uh okay, let's see. We'll we'll, we'll have to start. Let's see where we're gonna start at with this one. If you're start talking record wise, I guess the Raiders and Broncos are the Best teams in the AFC. Yeah, but if you think the Raiders and the Broncos are the best teams in the AFC, no. then you have something wrong. Like with logically, you. I'm, no. I'm sold on the Raiders. I'm not definitely not sold on the Broncos. No, I'm not the Broncos. I'm not sold on the Raiders. I'm not sold on either one of them. I'm not sold I'm on not, the Raiders either. The, the, the Raiders not is not a very Raiders. good coach. They're not a very good coach team. That's why. 
I wouldn't agree with that. John but. Gruden is one of the most overrated coaches in the history of NFL. You can't be overrated with a Super Bowl. Yes, you can. Say what you want. Say yes, what you, you can. want about he inherited a good team. You can't be overrated with a Super Bowl. Yes, We're you talking can. about the present, not what he's done. We're talking about the present, right. not what he's right. done. Yes, you can. He beat a good Baltimore team. You like Baltimore, don't you? Uh, Not saying you're a Baltimore fan. James, you like Baltimore, don't you? That's one of your teams that you like, right? In regards to... In regards to you like them as a team, like you like the team. Not actually you're a fan of them, but you like, like the team. I like their running philosophy. I do. But in regards to being a threat, I don't think they're a threat. And then they beat Miami, right, just now, and then they have another win. They beat Pittsburgh, a team the Buffalo lost to. So, I mean, I mean, those are, I mean, I mean, I, those he, are three solid well, wins. Outside I that say. one Super Bowl win, what has John Gruden done? And he's been, and mind you, and I, I don't want to get too far off task, but he's supposed to be this quarterback guru, and he can't develop a quarterback. He's one with all oh, the Derek Carr's getting ready to win the MVP. What do you mean? Derek Carr was Derek Carr was throwing for four thousand yards before him. No, I agree. He so was I, a good quarterback. There is no bigger Derek Carr fan than me. But I'm just saying, Gruden. He they talked about it today. Gruden has facilitated facilitated that process. He doesn't suck as a coach. He's a pretty solid coach overall. Solid. Listen, yeah, but that's like ten. You said you fair. said the Super Bowl argument. That's like saying Mike Shanahan was a good coach when he went to Washington just because he won the Super Bowl. It's not true. So that so all that stuff just Dude, erases like he. If all we're that talking stuff player, no, what about what right about player now, wise? He's not a great. He's not a great coach. He's a he's a solid. He's not bad, but he's not a great coach. He's overrated. Out of all so the coaches right now in the league, I'd say he was the top ten coach right now. Oh wow! I mean, I, I, bold. I go you're bold. You're bold for that. Then you're very bold for that. Out of the head coaches, I'd say he's yeah. top ten. Yeah, you're very bold for that. More oh, like no. eight, nine, ten, oh, no. but he's 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 there. He's in there. I think the Bills got two coach, three two coaches in their staff better than him. I'll go one. Right, Brian Dable's probably gonna be better than him. I, I'm not a I'm not a John Gruden fan. I mean, I, I know everybody loves the Chucky stuff and, and the Gruden camp and all that stuff, but that doesn't make him a great coach. He's got paid hundred million dollars to go to Las Vegas, and this is the first year they're winning, and we don't even know if they're gonna keep it up. I'm expecting a fall off at some point. And, and see, the thing It'd be is very interesting to see Gruden develop a quarterback from scratch. I mean, Derek Carr is great, so I'm not saying they got rid of him or anything, of course, but it'd be interesting to see in And nowadays. He won't do it. He won't like do I, it. I, I, I can't remember what video I was watching a while ago, but like it listed like all the different quarterbacks that uh, Gruden had like praised, essentially. And there was like Connor Cook, Brandon yeah. Whedon, Paxton Lynch, yeah. uh, Nathan Peterman, Christian Hackenberg. It's like... Yeah. He praised everybody. It was a good show. It was a good show. He made if you were a quarterback, you on that show, your draft stock rose. Yeah, he made you look good. He really which is, did. Which is an interesting thought I've always had when it comes to Mayock as well, because it's like and see that's and see that's the reason why Gruden getting a lot of this flack because they've been sucking at drafting, and they haven't. They've he's been, part of that though. He helped no, bring no, Mayock. I, I agree. He is part of that, but in terms of on field stuff, in terms of scheming up plays. Some of the situational stuff you could question, but for the most part, not some, a lot of it. I think, I think, especially he just had an overtime game that he called a great game, and then that Baltimore game he called a great game also with those two passes to Brian Edward. He doesn't cause some, he doesn't cause some good games now. Okay, well, well, we'll see, we'll see at the finish line because he has yet to finish there. Matter of fact, he hasn't finished in his last probably about 10 years of coaching. This is probably the best team he's had since since he's been the Raiders coach, though. Well, if he didn't come in and destroy the team that he had, then he came in there, it maybe would have been a problem. I mean, he just, you know, you don't just give away Mari Cooper, Khalil Matt. You just don't give those people away. And then then you get draft picks well, and you blow the draft, then you blow the draft picks. That that's the that's the I main key. Because it's like I understand them trading away like those players. Because, you know, you want a fresh start. You want to rebuild. Jeremy whatever. was the one who said there wasn't a good defense with Khalil Mack. So why not right. get rid of him? Because there, you, there's no reason to. Because you just didn't want Ain't to no reason him. to keep him either. It's not a horrible well, move. It is now because now you drafted Cleveland Farrell in the top five. Yeah, look at In, Max, in, Max in hindsight, the top in hindsight five yes. But... In the league currently right now. Lucky, they're, they're lucky to have Max Crosby. If they didn't, they'd be in a world of hurt. And, they, and Yannick Ngakwe. Is also a good pass rusher right now, too. Oh man, I'm, not, I'm done with the Yannick thing, man. I'm so sick of hearing Yannick. Saying, bro. Well, you're moving on. We're going back to the take, man. We're gonna talk about the Raiders. It's not a Raiders show. People can get mad. Yes. So and then so so the second part of this is you beat up on a high school squad. 
I mean, I, I'm assuming he's talking about the Steelers can be the high school squad in the Bengals. They have a lot of talent in Cincinnati. Then they go to say they beat up the practice squads of Miami and Washington. Didn't know they were practice squad talks, practice squad teams, whatever. But Allen is back to flip hop and wave. Doesn't even know if he wants to throw for 500 yards or 150 yards. Now, the problem with that statement there is most quarterbacks can't throw for 500 yards. So if you happen to be one of those, you must be doing pretty good. And then he goes on to say the Pats have some issues on the line and red zone to fix. And we'll be right back in it. No, you won't. No, Pats Nation, you won't be back in it. You're done. Your time is over. Your time, your run is over. I said this last year. I'll say it again. Mac Jones looked flustered. Bill Belichick had to lead him off the field by his wrist the other day to not talk to people. Okay? The pet, it, it's over. Your run is over. You're not rebuilding. You just spent the most guaranteed money in free agency in the history of the NFL, and you have Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and John o. Smith to show for it. None of those players are leading you to the Super Bowl. And Tom mm-hmm. Brady's going to walk back through that door, and this week, it ain't going to be on your side. So as long as he's not on your side, you're done. Like I said, Bill, Bill Belichick was smart at this point. He will wait for Joe Judge to get fired, and he will go to the Giants. As I said earlier in this year, he will go to the Giants and take over that team with the running back, with the office line that's being built, with the nasty front seven, and rebuild. Leave the Patriots mess to uh, Josh McDaniels. That's it. But that was a horrible take, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, why, why, why do Patriot fans have to say well, we did this? We, I don't. You, you, none of you Patriot fans even had starter jackets in the nineties. Never. I never saw a Patriot starter jacket. Got a point there. I can't, re- I can't remember any. No. How, I'll, how I'll many Patriot fans do you guys remember growing up? One. I may have to. So stop it. And, and, and mind you, I live in Connecticut. So I live in, well, I guess part of Patriot country. I mean, Connecticut is called Patriot country. But reality is Patriot country. It's Jets country. It's Giants country. It's whatever country you want to be in. And I've seen a whole bunch of Tampa Bay Brady jerseys. Just because Tom Brady was in New England for 20 years does not give you, you, you cannot be a partial Bucks fan. You cannot claim their Super Bowl. The run is over, man. Like I said, please, you've had your run, and it was an epic run. I'm not going to take anything from them. We'll probably never see that type of run in NFL again, especially in the age of free agency. But it's a wrap. Let us have our time. Enjoy your time at the bottom. Do you honestly feel like the the Giants are a better team than the Patriots right now? If I'm I'm Bill Belichick, I'm I'm not going up against Josh Allen every year. Okay, you brought that point in. I, I yeah, know you didn't think that's going to say because the Giants like, currently zero uh, three is better than the Patriots. Well, that because their coach is awful. Just well, like and the rest their, of, and their offensive line is awful too. You can fix that though, but you got. I tell you what, you got a whole lot more to work with, in my opinion, in New York than you do in New England. I, I want you to think about that. When you start thinking about the age of these players, you got more to work with in New York going forward than you do in New England. And you have a, a lot easier division. That too. I'm sure Belichick could just breathe on it. You're saying that the NFC East yep. is easier than the AFC East? Yes. So a division with Dak Prescott at quarterback, who's ter- currently tearing the league up right now. And a then division? Washington is still a solid team. I'll give you the Eagles, but there's yes. a like a second best or third. Dallas third is a mistake waiting to happen. Yes, a di- yes, don't a, do that. No, no, no. Yes, They're yes, winning a, currently. They're yes, winning a, yes, a, do a division where most most seasons all teams are losing. Yes, I am saying the NFC East is not as strong as the AFC East. So the Eagles are are the, so the so the Jets are better than the Eagles. Eagles are bad. Eagles aren't good. Okay, so the Jets is the only bad team in the AFC East. And Miami good? Miami solid. They're not good. They're solid. They could be better if they if they would be loyal. <laughs> so, are, would you pick the Eagles to beat Miami and the, and the Patriots right now? I, did, I will pick the Eagles to beat Miami. I wouldn't well, pick the them Patriot. to beat the Patriots. Would you pick the Giants? The way that offense looked. With the way Eagles offense looked, listen. The way the offense looked, and their defense didn't look too much better. Y'all acting like Miami doesn't look great. I've been a big Miami fan too. 
Miami, Miami will look better with two. So when you watch that offense, right? And Miami just lost this game, barely lost this game to a three, a now three and zero Raider team. You're sl- you're sleeping on them. They look a lot better with Tua now. Yeah, dude, could they be better off with a better quarterback? I think so. But with Tua, they're they're a playoff team. Oh, they're I'm very close to contending. Man. The, yeah, the Eagles are the Eagles are not contending for a playoff spot in a bad division. And honestly, Washington probably is not either. The only reason Washington isn't contending is because their quarterback situation. That's the only doesn't, reason. Doesn't, but that's a part of the pro, that's a part of the process. And, and then kind of like the side, biggest reason too. No, and, and, and I'm getting to the the Dolphins. The Dolphins quarterback situation and their old line is awful too. The Dolphins old line is so that's why I throw a lot of quick stuff. Two was not awful. I didn't say two it was awful. I said their offensive line, their quarterback is not up to par for them to compete, and that's a fact. I don't, but how can you say that? They just they just competed in the game Sunday versus a team that you said had a great a good coach. I think they definitely have a great coach, they, but I don't, bro. You can't tell me after bro. looking at their old line that they can compete, bro. You can have a good game, you could play up to the competition sometimes, did. but they don't have a right. a quarterback DJ, or O line to compete consistently. Uh, to a team you just gave props to, they just did. That's what we said. And you said they that the Patriots is further along than the Eagles. Miami beat the Patriots week one. Bro, if y'all if y'all currently like how Miami looks when they played the Bills, I can't get with it. Yes, you're right. They did compete against the Raiders, but their offensive line is still bad. Their offensive line is still bad, and they still have subpar quarterback play. I understand yeah. that. But if you're testing me if I'm taking Miami over Philadelphia, then the answer is yes. Who, have a, who has a better quarterback and a better O-line? Who? Who's a better quarterback? I think Jalen Hurts is better than Tua. I think so. I mean, Especially now. He ain't winning nothing. They both ain't winning anything. I'm just saying. Two was one more choose. than two was one more than him. Two was one more than him. Does he have a better roster than uh? Than I don't Jim know. Hurt? You tell me. Yeah, he does. That but defense. You, you just I will, I will say that the Dolphins have won games in spite of Tua, not because of right. him. Right. They don't definitely won games. In spite. I'm I'm so tired of the in spite of. This is a a football game. Everybody on the field has a position. Unless you're a guard or a D tackle that's being hidden, you cannot hide a quarterback. It's not in spite of. If you cannot hide a middle lineman, you cannot hide people on a football field. James, how many quarterbacks you know been pulled mid game tw- more than once? But that was in the, the, in the history of the NFL. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But that was you can't you can't blame two or four something that was completely asinine. We had never seen that NFL in, in, in the first place. We've never seen an NFL coach say, well, this is our closer and switch the quarterback. Right well, that was a two, no, they legitimately had a two-quarterback system. And they, they he was – He was a two-quarterback system. I will agree with y'all that was weird. But it was, he was stupid. Playing, as a as a as a baseball fan, they had a clo- uh, they had Fitz close the games out right. for them. He was playing. They yeah. was playing so bad, bro, that they had to take him out mid game. That has never ever happened. That does not happen, bro. Because that's what, no. There were games where he wasn't playing bad. They just wanted Fitz to close. They were trying to make the playoffs, and I get it. But you shouldn't have put him in the first place. Then I'll agree it, with that point. Yeah, it was but, bad yes. management. And then he didn't know the plays or nothing like that. He's still trying to grasp the offense. Like I'm, like I was a big Tua fan, bro. But he not, I'm not hearing the stuff that I need to hear and see from him, bro. Well, how could you? We we've seen and we've seen in this AFC East. We've seen what Buffalo has done with Josh Allen. Have we've brought him in and we've nurtured him. We've raised our team the right way. We've seen two other teams in this division completely botched their quarterback situations, and we're seeing the Jets do it all over again. We've seen Sam Darnold be botched. We've seen Tua be sabotaged. I mean, and I and I, well, look I at like Sam I said, Darnold now. He looks yeah. good, man. Yes, yeah, he, he looks good in Carolina. And look how Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson looked just like Sam Darnold looked. And so it it, it takes a lot to really nurture a quarterback and to do it the right way. And I don't know if New England's doing the right way, Mac Jones. I think it is. I don't know what the whole weird pulling his arm thing was. I, I don't get that. What I'm just saying, like when you compare the AFC East and NFC East, I'm like, who's gonna who? And when I look at the NFC, I'm saying, who's gonna be dragged to the finish line last? I'm not saying who's gonna step out front. Who's gonna get dragged last? Because that's what it's been for the last seven years. Someone's gonna win the division at nine, eight, and one or something like that. 
It's been that way. It has. Yeah. No, it what, what was it? Was it was last year seven and nine? I'm trying to think. Yes. Yeah. What a home playoff game. Oh yeah, I remember there yeah, was Washington. Uh, Washington. There was a, a big deal about the um, with uh, Doug Peterson like putting in Nate Sudfeld that like for like the last quarter or whatever and Giants uh the Giants getting all pissy about it. It's like yeah, you he, he if it. you wanna if you wanna make the playoffs, don't go six and ten. How about that? Right, do the game. It's ridiculous. But we we went off topic, but that was our bad takes for yeah. the week. And uh <laughs> we gotta get to our last we gotta get to our last so much, topic of, uh so much for nothing personal, it's just bills. <laughs> right. Uh I like to go off the cusp a little bit. It's a little fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Football's football. But our, our last topic of the night is um obviously you guys heard about the Hall of Fame ballots come out and we have people running a can- campaign for Steve Tasker to make the Hall of Fame. A couple of names of the bills was on there, Ruben Brown, Cornelius Bennett. Ruben is one I think is most deserving. Daryl Talley names on there. But we have to bring the question into play of do you think that Steve Tasker belongs in the Hall of Fame? And I guess Evan, I, I'll start with you first. You know, I know you had some thoughts on Ruben Brown. Yeah, someone to your um, thoughts on. So when Tasker. it comes to Tasker, I feel like there's a, a general sort of sentiment I find when it comes to to the Hall of Fame that people have, where it's like if they've you know made a certain impact or changed the game in a certain way, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's like the argument I hear for like Eli getting in, right? right. He 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 contributed to the history of the game. Um, whereas like someone like Tasker, uh, it's, he's like the best special teamer of all time. He's one of a kind. And the thing I like to bring up about him was the fact that he was so good that the league had to create an entire new rule to stop him from being so good. And I think that's pretty significant. Not like, like, or not, not, I wouldn't say significant, but it's a, it's a mark right there. Right. Um, and I honestly don't know. Uh, you might, you, you, you know, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask uh, special teams coordinators around the league. But I don't think there's been another player since Tasker where as a special teams coach, you would go, okay, here's insert specific mm. name of Gunner here. We need to game plan for him kind of thing. Maybe mm. Matthew Slater. He's so you, you, have to, you have to game plan for Matthew Slater. You definitely yeah, I would say Matthew Slater is yeah, probably the only other one. But everyone else is just going to be like, hey, they're Gunner. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Jay? This is a tricky one, y'all. This is a mm. tricky one. Um, I'm up in the air about it. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, Evan. Um, I think about Matthew Slater. Uh, you know who else I think about, too? Was the lead on special teams, and people don't give him enough love. Kevin Falk. Kevin yeah. Falk was a, was a star yeah. on special teams, um, and people don't uh, don't don't give him enough props. Um, I I really researched his game when I was coming out in the draft, and people compared me to him because I played special teams, and I didn't realize how good he was in special teams. So I watched him, and how much respect he had around the league. So it's very very tricky for me. Um, I love what Steve Tasker brought to the game. Uh, obviously, he's one of the best special teams players ever. But, I mean, I think they should maybe look at creating certain categories for the Hall of Fame, and then he will fit in under a special teams category. Just overall ballers and players. Unfortunately, I think he'll be on the outside looking in. I know Bills Mafia might get mad at me for that. Um, but when you talk special teamers, you got to go <clears throat> Devin Hester's before him. Uh, you know, it's a few others, so... If you're just talking overall ballers, I, that's I think what they have to call the category, though. Shouldn't... Huh? That's what they have to call the category, though. The special category. They're called overall ballers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's guys I feel is in the Hall of Fame now because of, I don't I don't want to say sympathy, but you know they just want to show them love for the like you said, good guys carried themselves well, was on a good team, and produced. And they fell into the right circumstances. Not taking nothing away from him. I think people looking at Steve Tasker that way as well. He was a hell of a player, a great player. But they look at he's on the four Super Bowl teams and was one of the ballers, and they think he should be in because he was one of the ballers on that team. I don't think that's necessarily true that he should be in. So it's tricky. I I wouldn't be mad either way. Yeah, I kind of... I'm uh, on the same wave that James is. Um, 
like I said, as we know, Steven Tasker was a great special teamer. Uh, I just have a, I don't have an issue with special teamers. It's just, you got to think about who's actually affecting the game. And he did affect the game. He affects field position. So that is affecting, you know, an aspect of the game. But when you think about it, it's just like, does Steve Tasker deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as Deion Sanders or Ray Lewis or uh, Lawrence Taylor? You know, some guys like that. Like James was saying, like, there's other guys who deserve to be ahead of him. And then, like, there should be no way that Steve Tasker gets in before Devin Hester gets in or Dante Hall gets in. Like, guys like that. Guys who are putting points up on the board. You know, that special team in that gunner position is very important. We build, The Bills actually have been one of the better special teams teams for the last 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And currently. Yeah. So, Bruce Davis are, are no, Bobby are April. For, yeah. yeah, known for their, their special teams. But I just feel like there's other players that should be in before him. And before, and I may be on the Evan category on the Evan side of like, maybe we should have a special category for these guys. Because I remember a couple years ago, they had an issue putting Ray Guy from the Raiders, the punter, in to the Hall of Fame, too. So maybe we should have a special Hall of Fame category for special teamers. Well, I, f- I personally feel like, or just add something, I personally feel like even the Hall of Fame itself is a bit too um, too inclusive. I think players even need to be better and better to get in yeah, the Hall I, of Fame. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I feel agree 100%. Like, even though we're debating whether to have Tasker in the Hall of Fame, like, I'm debating whether he should be in this Hall of Fame. I don't think it should be a debate as to whether he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, we shouldn't be even considering Tasker, I don't think. Like, it needs to be saved for the very best of the best year Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's, Lawrence Taylor's, Reggie White's, like those kind of guys. Um, and as much as I hate to give credit to the guy, I, I very much like his philosophy when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. Skip Bayless. He basically has the philosophy of if you have to think about whether he belongs in the Hall of Fame, he does. Not a Hall of Famer. Yep. Yeah. If you're Hall of Famer, you're, yep, yeah, you're in. That's all right. Yeah. So. Bob Bills Mafia is not gonna be happy with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's a chance in hell that Steve Task should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's a joke. I, I don't. I don't feel like there's any world that Steve Tasker should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. There's nothing against Steve, but I understand people say he changed the game. But how much would he have changed the game if he was playing with the Jets all those years? Would we have cared? We wouldn't have. Just like we don't talk about Matthew Slater. Matthew Slater has been the special teams player, our top special team player for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it because we had Tom Brady to talk about. Right? The NBA Hall of Fame is getting to the point where any and everybody's getting it. And this is why I don't like that subdivision thing or special, special categories. Because now in the, in the NBA Hall of Fame, you have the international part of the Hall of Fame, where now you're letting Yao Ming in, now you're letting Tony Ku coach in, and you're letting guys in who were role players or side players who had shortened careers in because they were ambassadors of the game. No. The Hall of Fame is supposed to be for the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Very, uh, very a lot of fans. That's not what it's for. He Steve Task doesn't even have the most pump blocks in history of the NFL. And I'm, and I'm just being realistic about it. Let's look at the stats. In the numbers, he was yeah. I understand he played receiver. He wasn't a very good receiver. He was okay. Um, I know they say well he could have played receiver more. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Whatever. He did. I understand that. I know. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but it gets under my skin when I hear this. When there's a guy named Ruben Brown who went to eight straight Pro Bowls out of nine. And went to Pro Bowls with two different teams that had five All Pros or six All Pros, and we're talking about Steve Tasker when this guy was in the trenches and his snap count was up there in about ninety nine percent on one side of the ball. It, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being realistic here. Why? Steve Tasker is the most glorified special teams player probably in the history of this game. He's on the Bills Wall of Fame. He's still employed by the Bills. He's loved by the fans. That's as far as it goes. That's it. That's where it's cut off because most special teams players are not. And my problem is, is if you let Steve Tasker in, how many more special teamers are you going to let in? Now, 
Do we have to let Brian Mitchell in? He had about 20,000 return yards throughout his career. Do we have to let Dante Hall in? Because now he's in the conversation. And it no longer it takes the luster of what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be away completely. I understand. Yes, yeah, Steve Tasker is probably the best special teams player to ever to ever play the game. You're absolutely right. Doesn't mean he belongs in Hall of Fame. Just means that when we make these little videos that say best special teams player all the time, he goes number one. Congratulations. Good job, Steve. We love you. But that's as far as it goes. I, I something else to add. I really wish that the NFL Hall of Fame was a lot more like uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, where there's some years where, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the voting process. Yeah, where nobody gets in because those old dudes are crotchety. No, but I I actually like the fact that there's some years where it's like nobody gets in or one person or or one person gets in because it makes it so much more exclusive. I get it, but I kind of don't like that process either because those old men are crotchety. Oh, the yeah, voters! I, are, I hate the fact that I hate the fact the that sports writers sketch. vote on the Hall of Fame and not actual players vote on the Hall. Well, of no, Fame, in the right? baseball, it's the player. A lot of it's a lot of it's baseball, the player. Okay, I did not hear it was baseball. Yeah, the, yeah, the players are voting because this person tested positive for steroids. Like, listen, listen, dude. I understand that they didn't grow up playing the game with a wiffle ball and some sugar cane balls or something like that in the field, like you did, so they weren't great at hitting. But steroids saved the game of baseball. They I don't did. care what you want to say. If people did. hitting home runs, they got people in the seats because you went on strike three times. But I don't want to go too far off task. But my, my thing is, no, I, I don't believe Steve Tasker belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame. And he didn't change games. What games did he change? He played on a team that went to four straight Super Bowls. There was not a lot of games that Steve Tasker had to change. He was, he was an elite special teams player for sure. Let me ask y'all a question. Y'all realize how good Taiwan Jones is as a gunner? Like, don't talk about him, though. Do people realize how good he is as a gunner? Like, I no, don't they don't understand how good that dude is as a gunner. That dude is elite. He's an elite gunner. He's going to play as long as he wants because he's an elite gunner. Just keep that in mind, too. That dude's a baller. When they, when you're talking about what Steve Tasker do, Taiwan Jones but might do it better. But that's the problem. That's the problem I'm having is you're saying to put Steve in, not you specifically. People are saying put Steve in because he did it first. So that means you're going to put him in because he did it first, but then you're not going to put the 20, 30 people that came after him as a Taiwan Joe. When Saran Neal leaves this game of football, the, the trajectory he's going, he's going to be one of the best gunners to ever play the game. And if you don't believe me, go turn Saran got- Neal film on. All jokes aside, people need to look into this. We may have the best gunner com- combo in NFL history right now. Yeah. Those two, yeah. people, may, it, it may sound crazy with me saying it, but if you look at those two gunners, you might not find two that, that that's what they do. That might be the best combo in history. I mean, that's not, that's not too far-fetched, though, because Saran Neal, like I was saying last week, he was when he came out, they were saying he was one literally one of the most athletic players to ever come out in the draft. So that's not far fetched. And Taiwan Jones, we know how fast he is. Like we know how fast he can get down the field and get those tackles. So it's he not, was it's the not only player I, he was the only one of the only players I ever remember in NFL history. I remember he's a small school running back like myself. He came out as a running back, speed back. He changed to DB with the Raiders, played it for two seasons, then went back to running back. Who how who does that in the NFL? And of course, that he changes elite, back man. to running back just to catch the the pass that sinks us in that one wild card. I know, game. right? Second <laughs> to all right. Lone Wolf says it's easy to see why every time I check in, there's single digit chat people in the chat. JTM, your attitude sucks. And God forbid if someone doesn't Whoa, agree with you. What is going on with that? Wow. Oh, hey, what's, well. the, what's the name of the podcast again? No, it's it's nothing personal. Just Bills hosted by JTM. Yo, what was? I mean, I don't. I mean, that? listen, you don't have to agree. Right. I haven't personally attacked anybody, but that's fine. Hey, thanks for watching. No, this is this is how it works. Don't you know if you hold a negative any negative opinion on the Bills, that means you're a Bills hater, right? No Wait, one knows what? that more than me, Evan. You know that. And well, okay, both of us for sure. <laughs> yeah. Damn, my attitude sucks. He said, "Like where? Like where did that come from?" Bro? I know, I right? You went pretty mild, honestly. Yeah, I just gave my opinion on it. I just said. Guys' opinion was wrong. I just yeah. said what my opinion was. Like, if you said that Tasker doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame because I met him once at a grocery store and he was an asshole to me, oh, that yeah. would make sense. But 
Yeah, that, 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 that ain't got nothing to do with it for me. It's just the fact that I'm wondering if you put him in what the remnants going to be later. How many more people are you going to have to include now? Because you're going to give a lot more people arguments to say, hey. And that's what I say. I'm not I'm not necessarily on board with Devin Hester getting on either for, for that reason alone as well. I love Devin Hester, and I understand that Devin Hester changed the game. Now, I would say Devin Hester affected a football game more than Steve Tasker affected oh, the football game. Of course. Game. He put points on the board, of course. He put points on the board, exactly. But I, if I you put him that in. Guy might have to go in. He might. He might. Because Definitely. there were teams you couldn't kick to him. Mm-hmm. And, and as far as Ruben Brown goes, I know my man Ray Cruz says a statement. says, Robert Brown, eh, consider those in his position during his tenure, dry spell. But – let 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 me let me explain something about Ruben Brown. I looked up. So Steve Hutchinson is in. He played in the same era as Ruben. Steve Hutchinson, six All Pros, five Pro Bowls. Ruben Brown, nine Pro Bowls, six All Pros. Um, our man, uh, our other man, I looked up other day. Damn, who was it? It was the other guard, Alan Fanica. I was just about to say, isn't Alan Fanica and Will, and Will Shields from the um from the Kansas City Chiefs is in too? I believe. I think so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we're Alephanica's in. Less Pro Bowls, less all pros than Ruben Brown. But in the day, like I said, you can't take anything away from Ruben because he was making all pro over these guys while playing at the same time as them. And then he went to the Bears and did it again. This went all pro. This went all pro and, and Pro Bowls actually meant something. And it was just wasn't just right. nobody everybody in letting the fans vote for people in too. This was when you actually had to be nice. To be right. a pro bowler and, a, and an all pro. Right. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say Steve Hutchinson is a better guard than him. A lot of people say Alan Fanica is a better guard than him. But um, unfortunately, we're going off numbers, right? Because that's what we go off by the, the Hall of Fame. We go off by numbers a lot of times. The numbers say Ruben was better. He got more all pros and pro pros. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying that those guys are around, think you got to put him in. So, I mean, if, if, I had a, if I had to pick one of those guys off that list, Ruben Brown would be my guy. I think Cornelius Bennett falls just short. I'm a no one tasker. I wish Eric Moles had a couple more uh, years. If Eric Moles got to 1,100 yards, I, I mean, 11,000, I think he would have been there. If Eric Moles plays with, with uh, uh, better quarterbacks, like he's like a shoe-in, honestly, I think. But the fact that he was able to do what he did with like just terrible quarterbacks is incredible. Yeah. Hey, y'all, uh, friend, y'all know Rob Johnson was nice, man. Stop it. But I mean, I mean, Eric got off to a slow start in his career too. Like I've, I've personally talked to Eric before, and he just said he got off to a slow start, just not training the right way. Not, not necessarily not training, just not training the right way. Eric took off when he started training with Eric, well, Jerry Rice. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Mm, that's when his career that. took off. Yeah, he started training with Jerry Rice, and that's when Eric's career really took off. But um, you know, I have to, they give you a little funny story. Um, I, I one time I asked Eric, I said, "How did you and Doug Flutie connect so well?" Because I was, I was wanted to know that. I was a big Doug Flutie fan. I was a short kid. So all short kids for Doug Flutie fans. Uh, he said that him and Doug connected playing pickup basketball. D- uh, Doug threw an alley to him. He jumped up and dunked it. And uh, Flutie said, what's your vertical? Eric said, 41 inches. Doug said, anytime you want on one or two, two, I don't care. I'm throwing it up there. And that's how the connection was formed. Little tidbit there, you know. Not everybody hates me. At least not Eric Moles. <laughs> <laughs> but no, guys, it was, it was, it was an interesting show. It was an interesting show. We, we kind of we went off the cusp. We went talk about NFC East. We talked a little about the AFC East. We we argued. We banter. Talked about the Hall of Fame. It was good. You know, it made me a little better. Like I said, I was under the weather tonight. But I said I want to thank you guys for uh, coming on tonight. We got a couple announcements that's going to be coming up. You guys, stay tuned for um, our Batavia Downs um, autograph signings going to be coming back up. They're going to have Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, I believe Jim Kelly will be there. Joe Delama Lord will be there on a Friday. I think October. Uh, let me look at my calendar here. Um, October 30th. No, 29th. And then on the 30th, 30th I think it's going to be like Stevie Johnson, Eric Moles, Rod Guidry, ex Sean Walkman, X-Pac, one, two, three kid. If you go back way back in WWF wrestling, uh, Boogie Bash was going to be there signing autographs. So you guys want to make sure that we'll be making announcements for that. And uh, as always, man, I mean, thank you guys for joining the show. And, uh, Oh wait, Cody Wells wants the uh, nothing personal tidbit. Yeah, it was a, it was a Tasker. I think it was my nothing personal today. It was it was Steve Tasker. Yeah, nothing personal. I just don't believe he he, he belongs in. That's all. Great player. And uh, he, my man Cody, I didn't ask, I didn't answer his question. He said, "Do you think that 
the gunner's pitch would be the same right now without people watching and learning fantastic. No, I don't. I give him credit for that for sure. Definitely changed the way the position played. That's for sure. Everybody wanted to find a Steve Tasker. And not that people didn't play it that way. I think coaches and GMs looked for different type of players because there was multiple Steve Taskers out in the world. It's just that in the 90s when nobody looked for Steve Taskers on their roster because they wasn't using the roster spot for it. I think that's a, I think that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Now you got to have those type players. So I don't know, man. Hey guys, I'm out. James, EJ, Evan, thank you guys for joining me tonight. And uh, we'll come back here next Tuesday, hopefully after another Bills win, and uh, we'll argue with some more. <laughs> right? All right, everybody have a good night, man. And uh, thanks as always. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune on to the rest of the shows of Cold Front Report. Friday, Evan and uh, Travis will be on the Friday Night Forecast. Saturday no, will be. I'm, I'm away. <laughs> You're away? Yeah. Oh, Evan won't be there. Yeah. Because I, 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 I know how much of the main attraction I am. Yeah, man. <laughs> Ladies going crazy over you, man. That's what they come for. The zinger. <laughs> the zinger. <laughs> the zing. <laughs> So, well, yeah, uh, make sure you catch them on Friday. Then uh, Travis, I mean, I'm sorry, Clayton and Mookie Hawkins for the Saturday night tailgate Saturday. And then be here for Sunday for the postgame show. Other than that, go Bill. Stay tuned. Make sure you're checking www.cofrontport.com. Catch you guys later.